What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Equipped Podcast. I'm so excited to get another episode out to you. It's a Friday. It means that we're up to the weekend. I hope you have some amazing weekend plans. Um, I'm pumped to get this episode out. Like I said, we have an amazing guest today, and I've had the honor and privilege to be able to talk with him. Um, And I'm excited that y'all are going to be able to hear what we talked about. He just has an incredible heart. Um, And he's actually spent a little bit of time here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, where I'm from, but he doesn't currently live here. He lives out in Colorado Springs. Um, But he thankfully came back to Winston-Salem to get this episode recorded and then speak at a lot of different seminars uh, this weekend. So without further ado, I want to introduce Dr. Clarence Schuller. So Dr. Schuller is the president and CEO of uh, Building Lasting Relationships. Um, He's got a beautiful family in which they are also coming down to Winston-Salem, but he's been married to Brenda's wife for over 37 years, and they have three adult daughters. Um, I'm so excited to introduce you, Clarence, and I thank you so much for being able to come on the podcast. Well, Kobe, thanks so much for having me, and I've really enjoyed our interactions before today, so I'm excited, and I'm excited to be in Winston-Salem too, but also to share this uh, this particular topic because I think a lot of people resonate with it and for sure a lot of times we will get a biblical perspective on it so I'm excited to to do that and uh, it's cool awesome well tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from where you live now what you're up to well I'm originally from Winston-Salem North Carolina in fact uh, Gary Chapman those who are from the Winston-Salem area uh, most of you know Gary Chapman five love languages well Mm. before he was famous I met him in 1968 (laughs) real racial tension just like we have today yeah. and uh after watching him for two years i accepted jesus christ he introduced me to christ when i was 16 amen and um i was able to lead my dad to the lord when i was amen. 18 my yeah. dad died when i was 20 and then gary really like became my dad so uh one reason i'm here in winston-salem today uh is that we're going to share about our our book life changing cross-cultural friendships and, yeah. and I, we've had a friendship for 55 years so um so Calvary is like my home church in a lot of different ways. And so I, I uh, now live and reside in Colorado Springs, which okay. I love. Um, and it's, it's the best place I've ever lived weather-wise. Yeah. And so I, I like that a lot. But it's always good to come home. And I've written 10 books. Awesome. Uh, this depression book is the uh, last one. Yeah. And so I'm excited about just the response of so many people to it. I'm really excited. But I've got four more in the hopper. Yeah. That I hope to at least get crank out one or two before the year is out and see what God does with that. So. Praise God. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. We uh, had Dr. Chapman on the podcast a few weeks ago, okay. um, and he talked about his book, The Five Love Languages. And I'm so grateful that he was able to get us connected and mm-hmm. um, just the timing of everything worked out perfectly. Yeah. So I want to get into your story a little bit. Okay. Uh, but first... We're here to talk about your book, too. Right, right. So talk to us a little bit about your book. What's it about, the title, and all of that? Well, the name of the book is uh, Finding Hope in a Dark Place, mm. Facing Loneliness, Depression, and Anxiety with the Power of Grace. Mm. And the reason we're talking about the book, the reason I wrote the book, I, because I had some battles with depression. Yeah. The deepest and darkest one was in 2017. Okay. Um, I'm an entrepreneur mm-hmm. uh, in the Christian field, so it's a little tricky. And so you uh, you only eat what you kill. Yeah. And so uh, we just got back from the Cayman Islands, had a great time there uh, doing ministry, family ministry with my wife. And this multi-billion dollar company uh, had seen my website and said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about doing diversity. Well, that's a multi-billion dollar company. So, <laughs> so we're talking, we're negotiating. Yeah. And what they're asking me to do, I can probably do in six to nine months, but we're looking at some serious jack or some serious money, right? For sure. So... 
and I was sort of validating myself by how much money I made and what I did. Right. You know, which right. uh, a lot of people do it after the fall, maybe particularly. It's easy. It's easy to do. Particularly men. So yeah. everything looked good. I went down and did a presentation. They paid me for my presentation, which mm. they normally don't do. Yeah. The CEO wanted even more time after a two-hour meeting. Uh, Stephen Kendricks, the movie producer, yeah. prayed me before I went into the room. So I'm like, everything's lining up. Uh, the contact person said, you know, the CEO says the way you promote diversity, mm. you bring people together. A lot of times people see this divisive. So I'm thinking yeah. I'm kind of there. So right. usually I don't right. I don't hash my chickens, you know, uh, you know, count my chickens before they hatch. But... <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. And then 10 days later, I get this call, say, we're going a different direction. And I'm like, mm. what in the world? And I just went, you know, I just went into my shell. Um, I didn't want to hear any Christian cliches. When yeah. God closed one door, opens another. I just want to be left alone. Right. And so that's sort of where I was when I was sort of my deepest, darkest, wherever. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you so much for, one, just sharing that. That's, yeah. um, you're, being real and, and like you said that it's so important to be open and honest in past yeah. conversations we've had i've had the opportunity to talk to clarence a few times over the phone and he's just really shared his story with me and his story goes back um all the way really in high school like you right. said yeah. racial tensions then and racial tensions now are right. somewhat very similar um but you were a heck of a basketball player i hear Back in the day, well, you know, I'm from North Carolina. So yeah. in North Carolina, you have basketball tobacco and basketball. <laughs> pretty much in that order. I love that. I but uh, basketball was my guy before I became a believer. And okay. so um, I went to, uh, you know, Jack McCluskey's basketball camps and usually made the All-Stars. Mm. Uh, I was really sad. Just recently heard Billy Packer died the other day, and I believe he was a strong believer. And, yeah. Um, but he taught me how to uh, play offense because I was a good defensive player. Yeah. And so that was my life. And so my goal was to play basketball at Wake Forest. Okay. And I was everything's set up. But because of the desegregation, I didn't play my last two years. And mm. so Jack McCloskey, late Jack McCloskey, said, well, just get in Wake Forest, and we'll give you a full ride. Wow. You know, I'll give you a walk-on, but then I'll give you a full ride. Yeah. So that was the plan. But he got called to the NBA to go coach in the NBA, so my walk-on wow. scholarship went away. Wow. And I started preaching when I was 17, so – Gary Chapman was the most godly man I knew, and he went yeah. to Moody Bible Institute. So yeah. I ended up going to Moody Bible Institute, and I was the first African-American to play basketball there. So that, so okay. that was kind of happened there. And then while I was there, someone saw me play, and I got a chance to play ball overseas with a group called Overseas Crusade. Yeah. Now it's called One Challenge International. Okay. And uh, I serve on that board. I'm, I think oh, I'm that's the first awesome. African-American male to yeah. serve on that board. And that I is awesome. And I some more African-Americans on the board, too. So That's great. So that was, that was kind of my life. But even in that, I was still seeking the validation, mm. approval of people by how I played, what level I played, and stuff like that. So it could be sort of up and down. I'm still trying to find... Uh, I'm not satisfied with me, and so yeah. I'm still trying to find something to make me feel feel better. Mm. And even as a Christian, you know, I'm For still, sure. still struggling. Yeah, I think we all do that because we live in a sinful and fallen world. Like I, growing up in in high school, uh, that validation was something that was in, so important to me. Right. I, I wanted people to you know see what I was made of, see look what I could do, look what I could do. Um, and God humbles that real quick, and He did that in my life. Yeah. And man, it's like it's so encouraging, but it's also so convicting yeah. at the same time yeah. that we serve a God who is that big to humble us because He loves us, right. not as a not as a um, you know a negative punishment per se, but because He loves us, uh, He does that. So 
That's awesome. I'm glad to I'm glad to hear a little bit about your story and a Winston Salem native. Would love yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Um, and you're back now. Um, so getting into your book, mm-hmm. I know that book a lot of times is, is or basically what you had talked about was a hard stint back in 2017. Correct. Right. Right. Um, was that the first time that you had gone through a deep depression, or had there been times prior in your life that you had gone through something like that? Well, to be very honest, it was not the first. It was not well. I was the first African-American to work for a Christian organization, a global Christian organization uh, based in Colorado. Okay. And um, I was I was stunned that uh, how that organization culture not used to people of color. Yeah. And so sort of the joke was it was it was an organization designed without people of color in mind. Mm. And so when I got there, people would look at me and they would see me and they would turn around, go to the way Mm. they would sometimes uh, put their hands over their face and yeah. just go by the side of the wall and and the dress codes were suit and tie so i was dressed like everybody yeah. else was yeah. but in their culture they never ran to people of color okay and so the only people they saw were on tv and on the news yeah uh, you know or read in the newspaper so it was uh I, I was really stunned by that and it was like um it was kind of going to my first christian college when i went to moody i mean you yeah. still face the racism right right but these are people you're gonna spend eternity with. So it right. it was it was hard. So I would come home after work, and I would spend an hour up in my room just trying to process what went through the day. I'm thinking, hey, these are Christians. I can't mm. understand why I'm treated this way. Uh, my peers would have budgets like six figures. My budget was five figures. Mm. But I'm supposed to do the same work. It was just right. a lot of different things. Uh, there were racial jokes uh, where I worked. So um, it was really tough, you know, in, in that process, kind For of sure. dealing with that. For sure. But I was functional because I had had a wife and three girls I had to mm. feed, so it's not like I could quit my job yeah. and do stuff. So it was that was the first time in, in, that was so intense, prolonged. Yeah. And uh, but you just kept working, but I also had a lot of prayer partners yeah. of all different cultures who would call me and say, "Hey, we're praying for you." Mm. Uh, Coach McCartney, a promise keeper, say, "Hey, I know the culture where you're at is really tough, so we're praying for you." So a lot of people would do that, or I'd get a phone call, or email that day. And it was enough to help me get through today. But it was, it was really tough, Amen. Uh, you know, initially doing that. Yeah, and so I, I imagine that working in an – and I've worked in environments, but I've never had to go through that. And yeah. so I don't want to say I, I understand it because I don't. And the beauty about this is because you can sit here and you can talk to us today, today and just be honest and open about yeah. how that has impacted you. Yeah. And so the next question I want to ask is how, how does that – that racial tension impact your mental health? Well, um, I read this book, Cast, mm. you know, C-A-S-T-E, and the last five, six chapters talk about how, different, how difficult it is to get out of a caste system. Mm. And it takes a toll on you emotionally, mentally, and physically. For sure. It's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Jackie Robinson. You know, after he finished playing and retired, he didn't live very long, and people said because that that pressure's kind of ate him up of mm. trying to be the perfect, back then call him a Negro, right. uh, in that setting that was really a hostile environment. And so I have other friends who are African-Americans, and we talk about this, and we try and keep each other sane. Mm. And sometimes we simply call each other and just say, hey, man, tell me, tell me I'm not crazy. And, yeah. and we, yeah. we do that, and it really helps. And so talking about it's really important. And what's neat about the book, you know, Find Hope in a Dark Place, is that I actually begin to unpack uh, some of the things I struggle with and, and my goals and hope my prayers that it will help other people as they read it, no matter what their walk in life, no matter what their cultural background for is. For sure. For sure. I love yeah. that. Um, and there's definitely a, 
a powerful tool and having a band of brothers around you yeah. that are praying for you, that yeah. are there for you, yeah. um, having that support team, that, that really does make the difference. Um, and I want to say, a, as a man, because um, I'm glad as a, also as a man, we both have gone through mental health struggles. Right. And we've both understood how sometimes it can be difficult to talk about those struggles. Um, so having that band of brothers around you to pray for and you feel like you have that support system really can get you to open up and just say, hey, man, like this is what I've struggled with this week. This is how I've been treated. This is what's up. Um, and so the next question that I was going to ask was, obviously, how did you get to that dark place that motivated you to write the book? You talked about it a little bit more or a, a little bit earlier. Is there anything else you want to put to that? Yeah. Well, as I was, well, one thing, there's an epidemic of depression among men and mm. probably has been for the last 15, 20 right. years. It may be even more so for people of color minorities. Mm. Um, what motivated me to write the book was uh, I'd done a sermon. Okay. And, and Well, what happens is when I'm coming out of something, God always has me preach about what I'm coming out of mm. because he's always teaching you something about that. Amen. And I think part of my ministry is being transparent. You know, I share with people before I had a pornography addiction, so, mm -hmm. I, so I'm really messed up. But I've been clean for 32 years. But Amen. anyway, so I talked about that. Amen. Uh, but then um, I was coming out of this depression with the help of my counselor. And at a big event, I was asked to speak due to devotions. And so I talked about, I, back then I called it biblical tips for when you're in a dark place. Mm. So I just started sharing this and showing my PowerPoints and people went crazy and people taking pictures going, people yelling, <laughs> hey man, this is great. <laughs> and it's just, it just unbelievable. Yeah. Then that next day I flew back to, uh, North, to uh, uh, Colorado, had okay. to preach in a church on Saturday night and preach on Sunday. Well, one guy said, hey, I've been listening to Charles Stanley for 25 years. He said, if this sermon you preach today is the most profound sermon I've ever heard. Now, he wasn't saying I'm a better preacher than Charles Stanley. Even though I wouldn't mind if he said that. Hey, he that's a good that. compliment. But, what he, but I think what he was saying, that the topic was so profound, he yeah. never heard anybody talk about it from a biblical perspective. Amen. Amen. And we found this everywhere I preached. And so I would be preaching, and people would just feel the pulpit area. You know, mm. They would come forward, you know, and... and um, it was unbelievable. People would say, you know, no one's talking about a biblical solution to how to deal with depression. So, yeah. so the book really deals with as I'm walking through this whole idea of depression. Yeah, um, for sure. I'll give you one verse that that really book's based on. It's out of Isaiah 45 verse three, and it says this: uh, "And I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, mm. secret riches. I would do this so that you know that I'm the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name." Now mm. think about this. You usually think darkness is evil. Right. But darkness is not bad. Yeah. Because if there's secret riches or hidden treasures in the darkness, that's really important. And my counselor really turned me around because she said, she said this thought, and this is what began to get me to come out of my depression. She said, when you're in a dark place, God is with you in your dark place. So your dark place can be a holy place oh, wow. if you're looking for God. Wow. And now it's so profound. I was so caught up in myself. Hmm. that I had forgotten that God was there with me. So I helped. And then as I read the verses, what the verses seem to say that when I'm in a dark place and God's with me in that dark place and I'm digging, trying to find the treasures, that being in a dark place is not a bad place, but it's a holy place. But if I'm digging and working, I don't have to rush out of the dark place. Hmm. So what that translates into that I don't have to fake being fine. Hmm. So if someone asks me, how are you doing? I can say, well, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, and I can be okay with that. Yeah. And so, but also, what it also means, Kobe, is that God is going to teach us and expose those treasures. He's going to heal me in the dark place before I come out of the dark place. Mm. 
And so it just really became really powerful. So it helped me to relax. Yeah. And I think I read the Bible numerous times, but I had didn't remember reading that verse. Yeah. And I think a lot of times in scriptures, uh, we don't think about, at least I didn't think about God caring about my emotions. Mm. But when I read this verse and there are other verses that God really cares about every aspect of our life. He cares about emotions as well. So it was just really incredibly profound um, as I read that verse and began to share what I'm learning uh, out of my depression. Yeah. And uh, my depression to me was really God's gift to me. Wow. Because I got to know me better. Yeah. I love the mindset that you have right there because so many people try to rush out of that dark place yeah. before really seeing how the dark place can mold us and grow us. And so that's so powerful that you said. And how is it, say, I want to ask a question. If someone is struggling with being in that dark place, yeah. contentment in that dark place, how does someone deal with that? Well, you know, Kobe, I, I don't think it's uh, rocket science. We can simply say, God, please help me, Mr. I don't understand what's going wrong. Please, please yeah. help me. Uh, one of my friends, a young guy I met uh, at my club where I work out, um, he uh, he reached out to me. I'm in the airport getting ready to go speak at a Martin Luther King mm -hmm. function, and he was struggling with his girlfriend, yeah. uh, and so he started drinking. Mm. And, and I just kind of wrote back. I said, you know, the drink is not going to give you clarity. Mm. And then I said, and then I said, what else is going on? And so he shared some things, and I said, look, I've got to jump on this plane, but I, I, there's a video. I have a YouTube video. It's called Biblical Steps, Biblical Principles. Biblical tips when you're in a dark place. And so yeah. I said, hey, I'm going to send you, can I send you this video? So I got his permission. He said, yes. And so I sent him the video. And I didn't hear from him that night. And so I was really concerned that he committed suicide. Mm. He was thinking about committing suicide. Wow. But then Sunday night, I heard from him and he said the video really helped. And I thought that was Praise really God. great. And then Praise I saw God. him this past Tuesday. No way. In the club. He <laughs> runs up, we go to the same club. So he runs up and hugs me <laughs> at, at our, you know, and all these weightlifters, you know, and, uh, he said, man, it really helped me. And so I, it was just really um, it was just really kind of neat to see that. So a lot of times you struggle with loneliness. And he says, he's, but he said, you're the only guy I can reach out to. So wow. I think, and you touched on this earlier, I think every man, every person needs to have at least one person that can share their life Amen. With and know it's going to stay right there. Amen. And so we need to. I have four or five older men, and I have some peers. I have some young spiritual sons and so that I can share my life with, and yeah. we need that. And, and that's how that helps us grow and it keeps us from being alone. Yeah, I love that. I was what's crazy about that is I was uh, on Wednesday recording another episode on my own for today's episode. Um, today's episode that came out for Equipped was talking about the importance of counseling mm -hmm. um, and then some just common misconceptions around counseling uh, and also just about my story a little bit. And I okay. talked about the importance of what we talked about earlier, having that band of brothers and right. that community. Right. And my encouragement to those listening were just that ask the, the people that are close to you, ask how they are, you know, right. like, like really ask how they are and dive into that because some people are not going to tell you how they are unless you ask. Well, you know? that's, that's, you know, Kobe, that's really important because in my book, the finding hope in a dark place, one of the chapters we write is about, for those who are considering death by suicide, yeah. you know, think about those around you. For sure. And But, you know, the research shows that most people who are thinking about committing suicide want to be asked how they're doing. Mm. And, and, and they want to tell how they're doing. And so we talk about it in the book, and I, I think it's so important. So that question is just, it's important. And I think the counseling 
especially for men, is not a sign of weakness. Uh, one of the people who pray for our ministry, she read our newsletter when I was sharing a little bit. Now, I didn't even say I depressed, but I kind of said the deal fell through and I was disappointed. Right. Well, she picked up on that immediately. She said, I know it's a black male. That was hard for you. Yeah. And she says, do you want to talk about it? Of course, being really spiritually mature, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, God said, you need a counselor. Yeah. And I said, God, I counsel people all the time, so why don't you counsel me? Mm. But he didn't respond. And so I knew I needed to ask her. So I called her back and said, hey, if your office is still on the table, I'm pretty raw. I said, but uh, if you want to help me, I, I need help. And so yeah. I think admitting you need help. Right. And she was really good at what she did. And she yeah. really, and God used her to help me, uh, I wouldn't say totally come out of my depression, but I'm able to manage it much more effectively. For today. sure. And, de- and counseling is such a tool yes. that you can utilize to help you with that space. And I was talking about that on Wednesday. And my, what's cool about this is my counselor is also a female. Okay. Um, and her and I were talking the other day and she said, you know, Colby, out of, I see 28 people a week. And she said, out of all 28 of those people, you are the only adult male that I see. And she said, now I understand that I'm, I'm a female and sometimes guys feel like they can't, I guess, open up to another female. But if you take the broader picture statistically speaking, a lot of the people who are in counseling are female. Right. Um, and so what would you say to those who are maybe considering counseling or, or you know, maybe ha- haven't had a great experience in the past? Well, I would say, uh, one, if you feel you need counseling, you probably need counseling. Mm. I would say go. I would try and make sure that counselor is a Christian counselor Amen. if you're a Christ follower. Amen. And again, that's something we talk about in the book. We actually tell you how to find a Christian counselor, what to look for, what to ask for. Because when they're interviewing you, you need to interview them. But, Amen. But, but it's like being a doctor. You can't really operate on yourself. You need someone to help you. And I think sometimes for us as men, we mistreat women in the sense that think they can't help us, whether yeah. a female medical doctor or a right. female counselor. And sometimes having that cross-cultural or cross-gender thing, yeah. uh, they can have more insight because women tend to have better social skills than guys. So That's having true. a female counselor can really be good. That's true. We just have to give our male ego and say, hey, I need help. And so it's not a sign of weakness. It doesn't make you less than a man. Yeah. In fact, it really makes you, I think, more of a man to admit you need help and get that help. Amen. Then you're better for everybody around you who Amen. loves you. I said that exact same thing. I said... So many men think that, you know, when you're in touch with your emotions or, you know, you're not afraid to say that you have an issue or a problem, that that's like not masculine of you. Right. But I said the strong man is the man who isn't afraid to tell, tell someone they need help. Well, and, yeah, and you're right. And, 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 here, and be fair to men. Yeah. We have been socialized. Yes. Not to share our emotions. Right. You know, right. little girl falls off a swing, five years old. Yep. She can cry. We clean her up five-year-old boy falls up that same swing yeah you need to be a man stop crying don't do it and so we're yeah. socialized not to right. do that and, and it was really funny because i also do marriage counseling yeah they get, we get married then our wife wants to talk about everything we were, we were told not to share our emotions yeah. so it becomes an issue so yeah. so but I, I think we really do need to do that as a I man. agree yeah i so. agree I, I will say one area that my female counselor has helped me in is um, a lot of times females are a lot more in touch with their emotions and right. i think that that's an area that men need to improve on. And so she's actually helped me be able to articulate and verbalize how I'm feeling better. And um, that has just been tremendous to, you know, be able to verbalize that to my parents or verbalize that to my friends, male or female. And so there's been a lot of benefits and her and I have had an incredible relationship. I'm so grateful for her. Um, So I want to go into another question that 
actually was one of the things that put me in my deepest depression and okay. it was my past. My past okay. is something that um, I struggled with so much and understanding obviously God's forgiveness um, and finding that that hope in, in the redeeming power of Christ. So what is the challenge of acknowledging, you know, our painful past? Well, I'm talking with one of my dear friends who passes a, I don't know, church, maybe 10,000 folks. Wow. And he struggles with forgiveness, mm. accepting God's forgiveness. Self-forgiveness, yeah. And so we're so close. And I said, if you're struggling with God's forgiveness, can I ask you this question? He said, yes. I said, well, do you think your sin is greater than anybody else's? Mm. Do you think that you're more powerful than God? God can't forgive your sin. Wow. And I said, if you're having those thoughts, those are really satanic thoughts and not God-honoring thoughts. Yeah. I said, the hard thing for us is you kind of want to earn the right. You've been a leader. You're mm -hmm. a brilliant scholar. you got this successful church. And I said, it's, it's your pride in the way of you accepting God's grace. Wow. And so he sat back and said, man, he said, he said yeah, I'm really <laughs> wrestling with that. I, yeah. I, I really felt that, you know, because I'm a pastor and, and I did this, that— it'd be hard for God to forgive me. I said, but the Bible says nothing too hard for God to do. Amen. Uh, one of the things I heard a guy say, and then I a quote, and then I kind of, I wouldn't say I improved on it, but I added on to it. Yeah. But it's don't, don't let the pain of your past punish your present. Wow. Paralyze your future or pervert your purpose mm. because you have a godly destiny. Amen. If we don't let go of our past, then we're always looking back here. Mm. And so we miss out on what God is doing for us today. Uh, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 talks about this whole idea. It says his mercies or his blessings are new every morning. If I'm always looking back in the past, then I'm missing out what God is doing for me today. And the yeah. only person who wants me to stay back in the past is, is Satan. It's not God. Amen. And so we need to, to do that. And, and so uh, and it's really important that we need to understand that God, you know, loves us so much that he created days for us. And so he didn't create us for the day. He created days for us. And so we need to take advantage of that. So every 24 hours is a gift from God for Amen. us to experience with him and our families or whatever we're doing. So when we, when we keep looking back in the past, we're letting our past punish our present. Wow. It parallels our future. So it's hard to see where we're going forward right. because we're always stuck back here. So nothing about the past is really important. We can't change it. We can't undo it. Yeah. And so learn lessons from the past mm. so we don't repeat the past. But to keep dwelling there is it's, it's counterproductive because yeah. you can't change it. So you have to, I say a lot of times, we have to learn how to make non-emotional decisions about very emotional situations. Wow, yeah, that's a great word. That's a great word. That's so powerful. And the thing that just comes to mind is how it talks about in the Bible that God's mercies are new every morning. Right. You right. know, and so I don't even want to try to follow up all of what you just said because that was so, so wise. Just the verse that came to mind was talking about, you know, his mercies are new every morning. Right. And not like you said, living in that past, because when you live in that past, you're distorting what God has for you right now and then what God has for you in the future. And so doing your best, and Satan's going to want you yes. to look back. Right. You know, and I've talked about time after time again that condemnation and shame is not from God. Right, you know? exactly. Condemnation exactly. and shame is not from God. And so if we can instill that in our minds, it'll help us be more present in the present. Well, Kobe, we have to develop a mental discipline. Amen. You know, and, and that mental discipline means we have to develop a spiritual amnesia. Mm. And we have to trust God 
you know, that where we did, he's forgiven us. Amen. And, and then go forward. But but not only do we, if we're living in the past, like you say, not only distorts our, our, our life, anyone who loves us, we're messing up with them too. Amen. Because they want us to be healthy, you know, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So those things are really, so it's not just about us. So the same way I became disciplined as a basketball player, you know, and I was able to dunk and I worked really hard on yeah. that. It took time. It took, I had to lift weights. I had to run. I had to do all these kind of things that, that no one saw me. Right. It was no fun. But if I wanted to win the games, I had to put that hard work in. Amen. And so spiritually, sometimes we had to put the work in and let the Holy Spirit guide us. Yeah. That might come with, like, how about memorizing Scripture? Amen. Like, for example, Second uh, Corinthians ten five part B. It says, take every thought captive. Amen. So when I have a negative thought, when, say, it used to be pornography, and I say, God, that's not of you. Take that thought from me. Amen. If we have this thought you mentioned, shame, God, you forgive me. I don't need to focus on shame. That's of the enemy. Take this thought from me. And and we have to allow God to be God and yeah. do his thing. Amen. Because either he can do it or he can't. Amen. I love that. So I want to go into, we talked about self-forgiveness a little bit. I want to yeah. go into the forgiveness of others. I, got, I have one question that has been on my mind around that. So you have, there's been no doubt that whether it's been, you know, past businesses, mm. past schools, um, for instance, the story that you talked about in your book with the, the huge firm that almost contracted you and then kind of pulled out at the last second, right, you right. know, um, a spe- a specifically in today's day and age, like we talked about, racial tensions are still high. Yeah, um, high. And they have been like that for the for for years. Um, and so we like we would like to say that we're making progress on that. But then as soon as you say that, you see something else that, that goes on. So when how do you forgive someone in in that light when they have wronged you in that way? Well, you know, um, when you carry unforgiveness, that's the way you weren't designed to carry. Mm. And so unforgiveness can bring stress. Uh, it can just, uh, you become what I call, you put yourself what I call emotional slavery. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and emotional slavery is like every time you hear their voice, see them, or, or hear their name, if it's an individual, and you lose it for a few moments, few hours, or a few days, that person owns you. Wow. And so my grandmother taught me, so I don't want to be in emotional slavery. Yeah. The only slave I should be a slave to is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so when I, when I don't forgive that person, if I really look at it, I'm the one in slavery. Amen. And so, and then I'm allowing that person to control my emotional well-being if I don't forgive them. Amen. And so the first step in, in your own mental well-being is to forgive that person. Now, it doesn't mean that that person I'll become best friends. Yeah. But that person no longer controls me. Yeah. Now, what God does for me, he takes a step further because I tend to hold grudges. He has me pray for that person. Yeah. And, and then he'll, he has me pray blessings for that person. Yeah. Well, it's hard to stay mad at that person if you keep praying blessings for him. Amen. And it changes the way I feel. So I think we have to, Gary Chapman says this, if we get stuck emotionally in the past or with unforgiveness, he says we have to line up the way we think with the Word of God. Wow. Then we have to line up our actions with the Word of God, and then our emotions will follow. Wow. So if we don't change what we think, if we don't change our actions to be biblical actions, then we'll stay stuck emotionally uh, for the rest of our life. Because wow. research shows that where we're wounded emotionally, if we don't get healed, we stay the same age in that particular area where we've been wounded. So yeah. if it's 10, 12, 6, we, when we talk about those particular areas, a person will act really strange. It's like, well, what's going on? That's because they emotionally 
are six years old or <laughs> 10 years old, yeah. even though they look like an adult. Right. So, so forgiveness is really important for our own mental health and spiritual health, as well as for those around us. That's so convicting. I had, I was actually having a conversation today with a guy and I was like, do you ever just see people, you know, that maybe you, that were present in your life in the past and they're not anymore. Um, you see someone and your body can, it'll just send your body into an anxious state. Mm-hmm. I said, isn't that so unique how like a person's being yeah. can just send your body into this anxious or bitter state? And I've had to, I've had to catch myself, you know, specifically in the past where, you know, maybe someone wronged you or, you know, you were so good to them and, and then they wronged you. Right. Or or they said something, you know, against you that was just, you know, not not needed. And I've had to check myself to say, one, is it worth engaging with that person? But every single time it's like, look, you you have to forgive that person regardless if they know you've forgiven them or not. Exactly, exactly. And and I would typically as a counselor, just a counselor, I would never go to them and say, I forgive you unless they come and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Even though I may forgive them before that or if they never come and ask, I think it's right. important. It's like, you know, um, we're playing tennis today, playing yeah. doubles and having a great time. My tennis buddy and I who moved out here to Winston. Yeah. And, and we're like, we're killing this other team, right? Okay. We, we, <laughs> there we go. We beat them 6 2, there 6 we 0. Go. And so life is good. <laughs> right. And so, we, so I tell my buddy, we got split up. We can't play a third right. set together. And, but one of the guys on the other team, um, you know, he was so intense. Yeah. But he was not that good a tennis player. <laughs> but he's just really intense. And yeah. you, could, you could tell he's taking it personal. I'm like, wow, you know. So when he got matched with me, you know, became my partner, as much as Poplar tried to encourage him, man, great shot, man, good move, blah, blah, blah you know. And even if you miss a shot, hey, it's the right shot to take. Yeah. And, you know, and just trying to help him build up because he right. was so intense. And I'm thinking, you know, this should be fun. Yeah. There are no trophies out here. <laughs> you know, if anyone should be feeling bad, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm on a new surface. We're playing on clay, and <laughs> I'm from out of town. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I'm living six thousand feet now. I'm at sea level. Right. Was, you know. Right. And so, uh, but I think we need to take this step to encourage other people. The other thing about this forgiveness piece with other people, you know, if you're reading a book, you know, I'm, I'm pretty messed up, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there yeah. I wounded some other people. Yeah. And so the fact that I know I've hurt other people makes it easier to forgive people who've hurt me. Amen. And even Amen. though I'm not proud of what I did with other people, and I try to get forgiveness, you know, some granted, some didn't. Right. Uh, but because I know I've messed up, I sometimes I say, maybe they're just having a bad day. Right. And then, then I also ask this question, Kobe. I say, you know, why is what they did bother me so much? Yeah. Even if they were wrong, why did, why did I get so upset about it? Mm. Is there something I need to look at me so if someone does that again, no, I don't like it, but it shouldn't just, you know, kind of like road rage. Right, you right. Know, I, I should, so so it's, it's a time to check me too. No, I think that's a, that's a great word. And I agree with about, I agree with everything you just said right there. It's so important that um, just the importance of encouraging others too, because the Bible specifically talks about, you know, treat others as you would like to be treated, you know, and there is something so there's there's a lot of encouragement when others encourage you. You have you build that confidence. You have that hope. Whether it's a hey, you're doing a great job, you know, in a sports field, like you said, or hey, I just wanted to you know take my time out of the day to encourage you. Like when right. someone does that uh, and shows Christ's love through that, it can change a person's mindset, right, and that's right. so important. Right. So. Man, I could sit here for hours and talk, talk to you about this book, but I also know it's a Friday night at, at 5 o'clock. So your book, 
actually, I want to ask one one leading question, sure. and then we'll get into the the ending of that. Um, how can you make each day your best day moving forward? Well, I think one thing you can do is realize if if you think if you want to make each day your best day, then and I don't want to sound morbid, but yeah. but, but think of each day as your last day. Mm. If this is the last day you're gonna have on earth, and you knew you're gonna die, and we're not gonna wake up the next morning, right. what would you do? Yeah. Well, probably we would try and resolve stuff with family or yeah. our friends or people or neighbors. We try and resolve that and give us peace about that. We try and make sure we took care of all of our debt and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we may just really take time to, to appreciate God's creation, Amen. nature, whatever. Amen. And and just enjoy life a little bit better. We might think, hey, is there someone that I, if I'm not going to be here tomorrow that I want to tell that I love? Yeah. So who could I text? Who could I email? Whatever. And, and that just makes things different. And if we're thinking about other people, then at the end of the day, say, hey, it's really pretty cool. Amen. Because some of the people you try and encourage, they're going to respond back to you. Right. And so then what becomes really important, uh, it's not jump down in front of somebody and they got in front of you, you're going to have road rage. And say, <laughs> you know, I don't have stress today. So even though they cut me off, I'm not going to give them the finger. I'm not going to cuss yeah. them out. <laughs> right. I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, I don't like that. But, you know, and then how am I driving? Right. And so I, I think you can make each day your best day if you think it's your last day. So you, what you try and do is live a day with no regrets. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that just, that just helps us in a lot of different ways. The common ground I hear there is living your day with intentionality. Be yeah. intentional yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. you know, mending those relationships right. that might be broken right. or, you know, mending your relationship that might be broken with God. I was, I was, uh, at the end of all the podcasts, I always try to do a biblical encouragement. And so yes, or two days ago when I was recording, uh, the counseling one, I was like, I'm going to tell a story about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story surrounding Jesus feeding the 5,000 of when he hears about, you know, John the Baptist being murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he goes with his disciples to the other side of, uh, the pond where, but the or the lake per se, but the locals had caught wind that that's where Jesus was going, and so Jesus was mourning mm. during this time the death of his friend, and all he wanted to do was rest because he even said, "Let's just disciples, let's go to the other side to rest." Mm. You know, over five thousand people are there. The first thing Jesus does is says he has compassion for them. He not only feeds them um, physically, <clears throat> excuse me, physically, but he also feeds them spiritually mm. there before he ever feeds them physically. Finally, when they disperse. They all go down, or they all go away. He tells the disciples to go back, uh, and he finally gets time with his Lord, with mm. his Father, um, to just pour out his emotions, you know, pour out what he's been going through. Um, but then that's not the end of the story. What's amazing is he sees the disciples going, trying to go across that lake, but there's a strong headwind. Mm-hmm. So Jesus acknowledges the disciples' struggles in life. Mm. He not only acknowledges, but he goes and meets them there and encourages them with their voice. You know, they're freaked out because they think they see they see Jesus walking on water. They don't know it's Jesus at the time. They're freaking out. They think it's a ghost. And immediately he encourages them with their voice, mm. with his voice. Mm. But then he goes a step further, and he goes and he meets them in their struggle. Mm. He goes and gets in the boat with them. Mm. And my whole encouragement for that was, one, a lot of people don't don't know the surrounding details of that story. But one, we're going to go through storms of life. We are, and there's nothing more than Jesus just, like, he just wants us to open that sea for him because he wants to come sit in our struggles with that. Right. Um, and I was talking about it, and I was, the the, ch- the question and challenge I had for the listeners were, are your ears opened to the Lord? 
Mm. Are you going to be able to hear him? So what you were talking about right there kind of goes hand in hand with being being intentional with those around you, but also being intentional. You know, are your ears open to the Lord? If it's your last day on earth, what is it that God is calling you to do? You know, where is it that he's calling you? What relationships is he calling you to mend? You know, so a lot of times we can have that selfish mindset of we want to do what we want to do. But ultimately, is it what God wants us to do? You know, so there is so much knowledge and wisdom in your new book. And I can attest to that because I've laid eyes on it. I was actually able to read it. Um, And so, guys, I'm here to tell you now, go get Clarence's new book. So, Clarence, the question I have for you is if we want to purchase this book, where can we go? Do you have a website, Amazon? Where can we go to get it? Well, I would, yeah, you can go to Amazon and just okay. get it probably quick. A lot of people are Amazon Prime, so yep. you can get it free and stuff right. like that. So I say go to Amazon and, and grab the book. Okay. Uh, you can go to my website, you know, there's, it's, and you still still order it. But um, on my website, it's a lot of free stuff. I mean, oh, there's, no there's way. There's a free video for relationships, whether yeah. you're in a relationship or not, or whether you're married or not. It's called Common Mistakes Most Couples Make. And you oh, get wow. it. If you do that, you get like 13 free videos. No way. You get one a week for five weeks, and you get two a week after that. Yeah. So uh, so go there and uh, just get some free relationship stuff that might be helpful as well. So. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Oh, oh my website, I'm yes. sorry, is ClarenceShula.com. It's not Clarence. It's Clarence. And it's S-H-U-L-E-R.com. Awesome. And I'll put a link to this okay. in the uh, description for the, all the podcasts so they can go and they can just click right to it. Okay. Um, so it'll be easy for them. But, guys, I, I uh, highly suggest going and, and getting his books. And he's also got, I'm assuming, all your other books yes, are on yeah. there as well. Yeah. Yes, Great. So if you're interested in what Clarence had to say today, uh, he dropped a lot of wisdom and knowledge on us. So, Clarence, thank you so much for being willing to just sit down and, and talk to us about your life and letting us in a little bit. That's that's awesome that you were able to do that and do that for us. Well, Kobe, honestly, I can say this. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Mm. I, I pray we continue our friendship. Yes. But I, I, you know, we have a lot in common because we yes, both struggle with this. So thanks for having me. Yes, and sir. I pray this really blesses your listeners. Well, I, I appreciate that. And pray, praise God. I, I try to say it as much as I can, but all glory to God for just the podcast and, the, you know, the encouragement that y'all continue to send me. Um, if you want to reach out to us, if you want to, you know, have any questions or you need someone to talk to, please feel free to reach out to us at the equipped podcast, uh, Instagram or any of our social medias is just equipped. So that's E Q U I P P E D dot P O D C A S T. Um, but feel free to reach out to us. I love hearing from y'all. Um, but thank you so much for listening, Clarence. Thank you so much. Uh, and I hope that y'all have a great rest of the weekend. Peace out. 